the voice of Motown, West Virginia's leader in news, analysis, and rumors, proudly presents the Voice of Motown podcast, featuring your boys, Brandon and Tyler. Take it away, gentlemen. All right, this is the Voice of Motown podcast. I'm Tyler Pepe. I'm Brandon Cork, and this is a WVU sports podcast by two suffering WVU fans, and uh, we have a special guest on with us today. Tyler, do you want to introduce him? Yeah, for sure. Today, we have a very special guest, former West Virginia Mountaineer Deuce McBride. Deuce played at WVU for two years and earned Big 12 All-Freshman and second team All-Big 12 honors while he was there. Deuce, thanks so much for joining us. We're huge fans and although we loved watching you play in the old golden blue, it's exciting to see a former Mountaineer having so much success in the NBA. Yeah, appreciate it for having me. It's always good to, uh, you know, come back, see the fans, talk to you guys. It's, it's all love. Love it. All right. So uh, let's hop right into it. We wanted to start by talking about your NBA experience so far. Um, what has been the toughest transition for you going from college to the pros? I would say just, I mean, everything with COVID, I feel like makes a lot of things hard. You know, gym access isn't as much because with COVID, they're trying to keep as many people out of the building. So that's hard. And if you want to get a workout in, you got to go earlier sometimes. So I would say just the whole COVID scene is just making everything, I feel like, a lot tougher, at least talking to the vets about how it usually is. Yeah, that, I can definitely see how that can be disruptive, especially, you know, when you want to get reps in, you want to get better, you want to get more playing time. That's that's tough. Um, you know, going into the league, I was really surprised that you fell into the second round. Um, personally, you know, I'm a pretty big NBA fan. I thought you'd go in the early 20s. Um, was that kind of a shock to you? And did that put a chip on your shoulder? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, talking with my agency and things like that, it was always just a wide range of where I could go and. You know, when trades started flying around on, on draft day, it was just like, I mean, you just never knew. And, you know, some teams went another way. So it definitely it definitely put another chip on my shoulder. You know, I always felt like I was one of the better players. But, you know, some teams just didn't do their homework. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I followed the, the combine, which I normally don't do. But, uh, you know, seeing your measurements and your workouts and everything like that, I was like, man, some team is going to fall in love with him and take him early. And. Um, unfortunately that didn't happen, but, uh, you know, I, I think that you're going to be great. You've already shown some, uh, really good games so far in the NBA. And, um, when your short stint in the G league, you were tearing it up down there. Yeah. I mean, it's just all about opportunity and, uh, all I've been doing is, you know, working out and, and learning the game. So I just, once I got the opportunity, I felt like, uh, I had a really good, uh, ch- chance to really prove myself. You were talking about talking to some of the veterans in the NBA. Has there been anybody who's really taken you under their wings on the Knicks, almost like a mentor towards you? And if so, what advice have they given you? Um, Honestly, like all the vets on my team and even and even vets on other teams, um, the NBA is like a, like a brotherhood. It's like a fraternity. I mean, guys, they see like a young guy that has, you know, a lot of passion for the game and really wants to get better. They'll, they'll take time you know, out of whether their pregame workout just to come over and talk and, and things like that. But, I mean, honestly, just learning from Derrick Rose and, and Kemba, 
you know, everything they've done in their careers is, is amazing. And then for them to give the knowledge to me, it's just, uh, it just shows their character and how good of people they really are. Yeah. That's amazing. A former MVP. I mean, Derek Rose. Um, so I, I love his story because, you know, he had the MVP year, that terrible injury, but the past few years, he's really redeemed himself and he's become one of the best bench scorers in the league. So that's a great person to have, um, helping guide you through your, uh, years. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just blessed, honestly, to have those, those vets in the locker room and obviously a great coaching staff that really believes in me. The front office believes in me. So, you know, I'm just going to continue to work and, and just try to better get better every day. And, you know, when my name's called, just try to help impact winning. What would you say your, uh, welcome to the NBA moment was? Um, <laughs> I think uh, Garden Steph. Oh yeah, um, that that was probably like he's he's not like the craziest, obviously athlete. Like you can you can see that you know just watching on TV, but he's just so far ahead mentally in the game and just getting to his spots, and you know he's always reading the defense. Like that's the one thing like. I think people think he's just out there playing off reaction, which he is to a certain extent, but like, he's really just reading the defense and, you know, I was guarding them and I, I was hearing somebody say, bring him towards the middle of the floor. And like, Steph doesn't, didn't care. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't care. He's seen it all. He's seen every type of defense. Everything's been thrown at him. So he's just reading what's happening and as soon as he saw my eyes glance, he just took off the other way. Like I'm, I'm like, and he's strong enough to where like, if I try to like really overpower him and get back in front, he's going to be able to keep his shoulder on me and probably get a foul. So it was like, I just got stuck in a bad position all because just dribbling up in half court. He was just reading me the whole time. Nobody else. That's really interesting. And the one thing that always amazes me about Steph too, is he's one of the few guards in the league that, set screens and uses that as a key piece of his offense to get open. 100%. He really does set screen because I was having to, you know, hedge a little bit, uh, you know, plug a little bit. And then next thing you know, he's flying to the three-point line. <laughs> it was a it was a good experience. Yeah, definitely a great learning experience. Yeah, so uh, we want to talk about your time at WVU a little bit. Bob Huggins, he's a very old-school style of coaching. Sometimes it rubs players the wrong way, but players who have a great work ethic and who embrace it, they seem to thrive under that coaching style, and you're a prime example. So what was it like playing for Coach Huggins? It was it was um, a great experience just because he wants greatness, nothing, nothing less, you know what I mean? Like, he expects you – to come in every day trying to be great. You know, he's like, why, why would you come here if you don't want to be great? Why would you step on the court if you don't want to be great? And I think like everybody thinks they're working hard. Everybody thinks they're pushing themselves, but until you get into a Bob Huggins practice, you don't know what hard work is. He, he's going to take you to different limits. And I think that's, that's why I thrived under him. Cause that's kind of just, you know, how I, I was raised just always wanted to go to the next level and, you know, being able to take criticism, you know, obviously not everything is going to go right, but that's a part of learning is being able to take criticism, being understanding what you did wrong, and then just learning from that and moving on. That's awesome. And uh, kind of on the same vein, uh, Coach Tibbs, um, 
you know, if there was one comparison to Bob Huggins, it seems like he would be pretty similar. So, uh, you know, how, how does it feel playing for Coach Tibbs and how does it compare to playing for Hugs? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of the same things. Um, he's very hard-nosed, loves defense, um, you know, is, is really just going to always want you to be on the attack, be the aggressor. And I love that. He's, uh, he's old school as well. And I feel like that's the best best uh, play style for me is just a coach that really understands that, you know, I like to be on the attack. I like to go after people defensively and then offensively I can slow it down and, and see the game. That's awesome. And I remember reading before the draft that uh, he was kind of banging on the table for you. So I was really excited to hear that uh, the Knicks drafted you because it seemed like he was someone who was really going to make an effort to get you into the rotation eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all about, you know, just trying to find the, the best rotation, obviously, in the NBA, you try to, you know, try to keep the guys on the floor, you know, so they can get good rhythms out there and really just get, you know, it's a long season. So I knew my opportunity would come. It's just a matter of when. So I, th- I think it's time to jump to some thoughts on WVU. Have you been following the team at all so far this year? Yeah, uh, I've, I've been trying to catch games. I'm, I'm actually watching their game now versus, uh, versus Young <laughs> So... The games I can watch, I definitely like to watch. That's awesome. Do you uh, do you keep up with any of the current players on the team? Yeah, I, I definitely try to text, you know, a lot of the guys, just little pointers I see, you know, nothing obviously too crazy, you know. It's their team. It's, it's their journey. They got to go through the ups and downs of it together. So, you know, but obviously I have the experience of, you know, playing for hugs and being successful under him, so – I think it's just a, a res- mutual respect, obviously. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, you've been following the team. Um, Taz Sherman, Sean McNeil, they've been having great years so far. Um, what are you thinking? Did you see this coming? Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> after guarding them for two years, you knew what they were capable of. And they, they definitely showed it in flashes. And I'm sure they're happy that. I'm off the ball a little bit. They get they get some more chances to to get it up, but I mean it's they they're hard workers. They're always in the gym and they always are just really competitive guys. I mean, they like to even go after each other, but I think that's what, you know, elevated their game is just always being out being able to go out there and just compete and that's what they love to do, so it's no surprise. And I'm sure it helped yeah. a lot too in those practices um having you guarding them. I mean, you're one of the best defenders in the big 12 during your time. So, um, you know, I'm sure they appreciated not having to go against you in practice every day anymore. <laughs> definitely. I mean, they, they definitely got me a couple of times, but it was, it was fun battling with those guys. I mean, three hour practices turned into, you know, four and a half because we want to stay and play one-on-one because somebody might've won a drill and we didn't like that or trying to come in early and play and, all types of things. So it, it was definitely a great experience playing with them. And, and now to see what they're doing this year, it's just, it's just, it's just nice to watch. And I love seeing it. Awesome. So uh, you and Taz are probably the two best players I've ever seen at West Virginia when it comes to creating shots in a variety of ways. What makes Taz such a great score? I think his, his change of pace. He, he really plays like a, like a kind of like an old school player, honestly, like, he's going to throw a jab at you. He might take you in the post and, you know, shoulder shake. And then obviously he can stretch the defense out very far and knock out shots. So I think he understands that the game is really at his own pace and he's out there kind of in control and 
and making the decisions, which is always just hard to guard when you never know if a player is going to take you to the rim and he's able to shoot it so well. So you got to, you know, kind of press up into him. So he's just out there kind of doing what he wants to do. That's awesome. Uh, two, two other players I kind of want to ask about too, um, Jalen Bridges and Isaiah Cottrell, um, you know, two younger guys who just seems like they have um, loads of potential to be great. Um, did, did, do you have any thoughts on them as, uh, you know, kind of what players they could be here in another year or two? Yeah, I mean, I I think thought that Jalen could have played his uh, his true freshman year. I mean, he was he's that good. He's that talented. And Isaiah as well, obviously, he was injured. He was playing. But I just think they're they got to kind of get used to obviously playing with two dominant guys and trying to that's just one of the things with understanding the game of basketball and understanding um, hugs his offense is, you know, you got to pick and choose where where you can go score and you got to pick and choose when to be a facilitator and really just, you know, add to the game whenever you can. Cause you know, Taz and Son are going to have the ball. They're going to take their shots, which is they've earned it. You know, that's what hugs has seen over the last three years that they, they put in the work, they they've hit big shots. So they've earned the right to do what they're doing. So I feel like, you know, Jalen and Isaiah, they got to find a way to, you know, if I can get 10 rebounds and I may only have eight points, you know what I mean? But that's going to help us win. You know, when when we're winning, everybody looks good. It doesn't matter, you know, how many points you're scoring. So I don't think they're ever going to, you know, get upset if they don't have scoring games. But the Big 12 is a gauntlet. So Taz and Sean can do a lot, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of step up into their roles. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we had your former teammate Derek Culver on, and he had some great stories about his time at West Virginia. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Coach Huggins story? Oh, we <laughs> man, uh, a lot of them uh, probably can't be can't be said out in the public <laughs> like that. But honestly, uh, I was there for you know two years. I feel like the longer you're with them, the you're bound to see some some different things. Um, that's just who he is. Uh, it's always been all good, all love with him. But I think it's just his his daily storytelling. You know, he, if we're not practicing well, he might bring us in and, you know, might talk to us just about one thing, one story for like 40 minutes. And we're like, now we're getting stiff in practice. And next thing you know, all right, now run it back. <laughs> we're like, dang, we just talked. We thought practice is going to end uh right back to it so i think just the daily of being around hugs is is just the whole experience is just something you got to be around that's one thing i always loved about hugs too is that you know even even though he does seem like he is kind of a you know a hard ass for lack of a better term sometimes um you know he definitely seems like he loves his players i know one one thing that i'll never forget is um you know the duke game where um WV was in the final four and Deshaun Butler went down and Huggins was on the floor with him, kind of consoling him, um, you know, just kind of a touching moment. And just, kind of, I think it kind of just shows what type of person Huggins really is. Oh, definitely. I mean, obviously playing with guys that were in college during that time, like that's one of the things that a lot of vets always ask me is like, man, like I love my college experience, but it would have been just amazing to, to play under him. Cause it really does seem like, he doesn't he doesn't care about anything else but trying to make you guys better every day and it's true i mean he, that's his whole goal you know he, he's obviously he's, he played he's he's already coached for a lot of great players a lot of great teams so now it's just about simply winning 
and, you know, trying to give, you know, the state of West Virginia something to be proud of. Yeah, 100%. Um, so we were talking earlier, Mountaineer Nation, they are everywhere. Have you seen the support from Mountaineer fans while you've been playing all across the United States? Oh, most definitely everywhere, everywhere. There's always just a Mountaineer fan, somebody wearing something West Virginia. Um, I actually think my first uh, couple of days up here when my parents came up here, they actually saw somebody walking in, uh, in Manhattan with a McBride West Virginia jersey. And I was like, wow, like that's that's just amazing. Like who would have thought, you know, I'm just it feels like I'm just a kid again, just thinking about, oh, I'm going to play in the NBA, NBA someday. People are going to wear my jerseys and then finally seeing that is just a surreal moment. That's awesome. And do you like, um, you know, on the topic of New York, do you like uh, living in the city? I know, you know, you're from Cincinnati before, which, you know, is a city in itself. But, uh, you know, I feel like New York's a complete, completely different scale. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, it's it's nothing like <laughs> New York. Um, I feel like it's it's fast paced, but it's really not as much. It just seems like it because there's so many people like so many people and obviously this is this is sad everybody knows this but like living here and it's like it's no breaks like it's always somebody doing something trying to go somewhere and I'm kind of thankful because I'm a little bit outside the city but it's 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 a great experience just to be able to live up here and and you know the whole culture of of basketball is New York so it's it's great being in the mecca Oh, absolutely. Playing in uh, the garden. I, I remember, um, you know, the Big East days playing in the tournament there. Just, you know, unreal experience and being able to play that professionally just seems like, um, I don't know, it seems like it'd be on a bucket list for a lot of players. It is. It's nothing like playing in Madison Square Garden. Like now that I've, I've gone to other NBA arenas, obviously playing in college is, is something special. But every night, it doesn't matter who you're playing. It's, it's just unreal. That's awesome. Yeah, the energy. Um, so this next one might be a little bit of a softball, but uh, what do you think about uh, Hugs um, getting into the Hall of Fame? I know it's you feel like everyone's been saying he should be getting in for the past three or four years, but uh, still waiting. I mean, his his accolades speak for themselves, but it's, it's just amazing. He's not. Honestly, I, he probably should have been in there before I even got to West Virginia. I mean, he's... 900 something wins now and final fours players have you know thrived under him so i i don't know how he's not in the hall of fame it's 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 really just crazy because he he deserves it absolutely i i couldn't agree more yeah 100 percent. i think he's like number four in all-time wins right now i don't understand why he doesn't get the respect that some of the other big name coaches get in college basketball yeah, it's it's unbelievable because, I mean, <laughs> it really just speaks for itself. There's, there's not much else to say. I mean, 900-something wins, like, that's that's insane. Like, coaches don't even get to be a part of 900 games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so before we get you out of here, we wanted to ask you, what is your favorite moment at WVU, whether it was a game, anything? What is your favorite moment in your two years at West Virginia? It's it's tough. Uh, I I want to say beating Baylor at home, just because 
I mean, that was like the last game that we got to play as a team that year. Just and then the whole COVID thing happened. I love that game was just and you know Chase Harley proposed to his his girlfriend before the game, so we all knew we weren't gonna lose because we just we just couldn't let that let that happen for our boy Chase. But that game or the Ohio State game when I kind of felt like uh you know I was I was uh, kind of taking a bigger step as a as a player in college, but I, I don't know. There's nothing like playing in the NCAA tournament, honestly, like. You know, every every win is great, but I feel like when we beat uh, Morehead State and Hugs got his 900th win, that's that's a, that was an incredible feeling. Because like I said, like he's coached a bunch of great players, won a bunch of big games, but 900 that's that's something you know I'm gonna be able to say for the rest of my life. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And kind of one more thing that I just kind of popped into my head, but uh, you and Javon play in the same conference now. I don't think you've had a chance to play each other yet have you no not yet you looking forward to that oh most definitely I mean he has he's obviously known for defense I'm known for defense so I don't know who's going to be doing the scoring but (laughs) we're definitely going to be going at it but honestly I get texts from him just telling me to stay with it obviously when I when I haven't been playing as much he's texting me because you know it's it's hard you know first three four years and then in the NBA you're you're trying to sit and learn. I mean, that's what you're, that's what you're basically told to do is just sit, learn and, and get better in the time you can. So he's, he's really good at texting me. And uh, obviously I've looked up to him, try to be like him obviously at West Virginia. So it's going to be fun just to go out there and represent West Virginia. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's going to be a must watch TV for Mountaineer nation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely can't wait. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's exciting to start seeing, um, you know, some Mountaineer players having, uh, you know, a lot of playing time in the NBA because we haven't really seen a lot of that in the past twenty years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think with some of the guys there now, we're we're gonna start to see more. And you know, Hugs is a great recruiter. He knows what he's doing, obviously. So I think Mountaineers got to get ready for it. Start picking some teams. Yeah, yeah, I. I- couldn't agree more. Well, Deuce, um, you know, I can't thank you enough. And I think I speak for all of Mountaineer Nation when I say we're just so proud to see one of our players um, having success at the pro level. And we were so lucky to have you at West Virginia for the two years that we did, because you are just one of the most talented players we've seen wear a West Virginia uniform in a long time. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate it. I love the time at at West Virginia and I love what you guys are doing. You know, we show showing support and uh you know have a have a happy holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much and uh best of luck for the rest of the season and uh the rest of your career for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We can't thank Goose enough for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to welcome a former Mountaineer on the podcast. As always, thank you for listening. And please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you enjoy getting your podcasts. Give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, any social media outlet you like to use. And look for the Voice of Motown podcast. Also, check out my co-host Brandon's articles on the Voice of Motown website. And on social media, he writes articles every week. And most of all, thank you guys for listening. We always appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, be sure to uh, watch some games of Deuce and show him some love whenever he's playing. I mean, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, Obviously, the COVID um, 
diagnosis derailed things a little bit, but as soon as he gets back, I'm sure he'll be right back to it and uh, kicking some butt. Yeah, 100%. And I know you guys will because we have some of the best fans in the nation. So for the Voice of Motown podcast, we will catch you guys next time. Thanks, everyone.